your commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. John, last week we were talking about this spy station set up by China in Cuba. And what else was like, oh, no, 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 it doesn't exist. Uh, guess what? It's 90 miles off our coast. I mean, that's why now it turns out it does exist. And they're blaming it, of course, like everything else, like the rain today. They're going to blame on Trump. Uh, and joining us now to talk about all of this is General John Teichart. He's a recently retired U.S. Air Force Brigadier General, national security effort, uh, expert. In Space Force. Yes, and Space Force, which we love, by the way. Uh, General, thanks so much for joining us. What's your reaction now? The White House finally admits. Uh, why did they not tell us the truth last week? Rita, this is starting to follow a dangerous pattern of behavior that I think is the same that the Biden administration followed in Afghanistan and with the Chinese spy balloon, where they first deny the facts and related concerns of the situation, and then they're forced to acknowledge those concerns, and then they downplay those concerns and ultimately blame the Trump administration for those same concerns. And I think it makes us appear unaware and irresolute and untruthful and incapable, and we've got to reverse this trend. General, how dangerous is this? I mean, to me, you know, John and I have been to Cuba. John, you've been a, I've been a couple times. We both have been a couple times. I mean, it is right there to have, what are they doing? I mean, what, what is the capability? We understand they're getting like military information. That's exactly like what that spy balloon was trying to do. It is. And we shouldn't expect anything different from China. They have this signals intelligence, which means they're soaking up those things that they gather from cell phones and radios. And if you think about what goes on in Florida, we have combatant commands in Tampa and in Miami. We have large training ranges over the water there outside of the coast of Florida. And they're just going to gather every bit of information that they can unless we weigh in strongly with the Cuban government to stop them from doing so. Judge Weinberg, you've got a question for General uh, John Teichert. General, if you're on the inside now giving advice to, to the White House and to the Pentagon, what would you tell them to do to try to correct the situation, sir? My strong recommendation is to utilize a variety of our instruments of power, primarily diplomatic and economic, to reestablish that thing that we learned about in history books called the Monroe Doctrine, which means that we strongly rebuff foreign interference in the Western Hemisphere. And we've got to do so by having a strategy for our borders and our hemisphere instead of always worrying about the things that are thousands of miles away. Let's pay attention to the things that are 90 miles away. Uh, Congressman King, uh, you were you were uh, in Washington last week. You were a member of the Intelligence Committee, and you had a lot of experiences. Uh, the uh, Congress invited in uh, five old members of the Intelligence Committee. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Well, we're not that old, John. No, all kidding aside, <laughs> no, they brought in five five former members for two reasons: one, to restore uh, some level of bipartisanship to the committee, but also to talk about the, you know the issues we face today and what's going on in Cuba. I mean, that's, that is real. And I wish the Biden administration wouldn't be trying to blame all of us on Donald Trump. The fact is that Cuba is a, a clear and present danger. Dealing with China makes it even more so. And uh, we have to take tougher stands against China. And the intelligence committee and the intelligence community has to be aggressive in monitoring this. I would hope we're doing all we can to stop those intercepts coming uh, in and out of Cuba, to do all we can to uh, uh, disrupt those communications, to prevent them. But uh, we can't let our guard down. And there's many issues we have. We have Russia, we have China, we have Iran, 
We have, you know, the entire Middle East, and we have Islamist terrorism, but the evil still is out there. So we have to stay busy. And instead, we're getting diverted in all these side issues like impeachment and others, and impeachment and uh, uh, prosecuting former presidents. We should be focused on enemies. And unfortunately, we have a lot of them. Yeah, and by the way, for the record, too, I also was watching Mike uh, Pompeo earlier today, who, of course, uh, we know here on the show, good friend of the show, uh, he came out. He was the Secretary of State under Trump, and he said it is hogwash that there was no knowledge of any Chinese spy station because, the you know, John Kirby at the White House today was like, oh, Trump's people knew about it. He said that is, I'm putting it nicely, uh, BS. <laughs> well, well I, I, I sat next to Mike Pompeo on the, on the Intelligence Committee. He is incredibly intelligent. He was number one in his class at West Point. He knows what he's doing, and if he says that, I believe Mike Mike Pompeo implicitly. Yeah, I agree too. I, I mean, think they don't pay Admiral Kirby enough. No, <laughs> no. The, 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 the guy answer, I the, the guy I trust one hundred and ten percent is Congressman Peter King. You told a story where you walked out of the intelligence. We're not going to name names. We walked out of the intelligence meeting, and you came upstairs and you told what happened, and one of the Democratic people that was next to you. Came up and told a completely false story. Or I think he already named the name. No, right? no, 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 I'm not going to no, no. Not you don't have to repeat no it. No names. I think no. we know. No, it was absolutely. Uh, first of all, uh, we have to be careful what we say, even coming out of the committee at all. So you have to the word it in such a way you're not giving anything up. Secondly, but you, you were Democrats actually lying, telling phony stories about what they heard about Russian collusion. If you heard what we heard, and it was never any heard at all. This was a lie from beginning to end. It's one thing if you want to have different interpretations of facts. There were no facts to begin with. And the, it was the Democrats, the, of all the committees in Congress, the Intelligence Committee was probably the most bipartisan until uh, 2016, 2017, 2018, when they decided their goal was not to protect the country, but to get Donald Trump. You know, it reminded me, um, and John, remember last week we were talking about this, after they saw, when the House Oversight Committee actually saw, and the leading members actually at that point saw the document, the Biden document, the 1023 with the FBI informant, we heard like two totally different versions, Peter. It was probably deja vu for you, because James Comer came out and said one thing, Jamie Raskin came out right. and said one thing, and uh, now we're hearing from Bill Barr, who, right. who is definitely no friend of Donald Trump, no. And he has come out and basically confirmed what Comer has said, that it was true that, yes, there was some alleged scheme that needed to be looked into. And ironically, whatever Bill Barr says critical of Donald Trump gets headlines and the media runs with it. This, to me, is very significant. When he said, no, that investigation was not ended. It was an active investigation, totally going against what the Democrats are saying. And Bill Barr, I have a great respect for Bill Barr for everything he said and done. And I certainly agree with him on that. If he's saying, again, he's like Mike Pompeo. If he says it, I, I, I believe it. Just like among Democrats. If Joe Lieberman said it, I believed it. Yeah, absolutely. Judge Weinberg? Well, let me change gears. General, I want to ask you a question. There's a new offensive going on in the Ukraine, a new counteroffensive. What do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, so I appreciate that question. Clearly, in these first five days or so of the counteroffensive, there haven't been any definitive outcomes. The Russians aren't crumbling. But one thing that the Kremlin said that is interesting to pay attention to is an acknowledgement that the Ukrainians still have offensive potential. And I think Zelensky has a surprise, a surprise up his sleeve of something that's more grandiose than what we've seen in the last few days. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that rolls out. What do you think he's going to do? Um, because obviously the Russians are seem to be stepping up efforts. Uh, obviously, we saw the allegations surrounding the dam, the big flooding. Where, How difficult do you think the next few months? I mean, because an offensive is a difficult initiative. It is. I think there's some indication that there is uh, brittleness within the Russian forces. 
And I think Zelensky needs to do something akin to shock and awe, which is attack in multiple areas uh, very aggressively from multiple domains and see indeed if some of that brutalness can come to fruition and the Ukrainians can really make some progress there. Yeah, it's going to be wild to see what happens. Um, and of course, uh, Zelensky coming out. Um, where do you see all these all these other things going, you know, uh, General, with all the stuff we just talked about with Burisma and all these other things? How complicated does that make it on a on a foreign policy perspective? Well, I think that it's very clear that the world is a dangerous place. We are a world power and we have the capability to handle multiple regions of the world and multiple challenges at the same time. We've always got to prioritize our homeland, but we also have to get our government's act together so that we are functioning in acknowledgement of these very dangerous situations that are going on around the world. Well, General, thank you for calling in and thank you for bringing the American people up to date. Now, what they gave you the name, the nickname Dragon. How did you get the nickname Dragon? John, that's a great question. Typically, in your first assignment as a fighter pilot, you do enough stupid things so that you can get a name that sounds cool. <laughs> that's a good name. Head. And I'll leave it at that. It's a cool-sounding name. It has to do with Zergos of Spain and nuclear weapons, and I'll end it there. Understood. We'll catch up with you again real soon. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 